Welcome to the Women Want Strong Men podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stuttle. I believe it takes a strong man to appreciate a strong woman, and I'm here to bring a unique perspective to empower both sexes. I love talking with health experts, thought leaders, influencers, and people who have insightful information to share with us about our health, our society, and our pursuit for success and prosperity. Today's podcast is with St. Louis Broadcasting Royalty, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jeff Burton. Jeff is a host on the iconic Rizzuto show on 105.7 The Point. Jeff is a man that when I asked him for a bio or resume to read for today's podcast intro, he couldn't come up with a single thing. I guess that's because he's been broadcasting for decades and on staff with The Point for 29 years. Jeff is a kind, kind soul with a gracious heart. And anyone that has had the pleasure of meeting him feels Jeff's sincerity. On today's podcast, we chat St. Louis sports, what a day is like in studio recording the Rizzuto show, guess the medical word, and shit gets emotional when we get real personal and discuss Jeff's ongoing journey with prostate cancer. I'm so excited because I have a professional in the building. Where? I'd love to meet him. <laughs> as soon as he walked in, I was like, Jeff, help me. I don't know what I'm doing with all this equipment and how to run this podcast. So I'm, I'm so excited that you're here today. Well, and truth of broadcasting, how much did I help you after you asked that? Zero. Yeah, he's like, ooh, I don't know anything about the equipment side of things. Nope, nope. (laughs) Sorry about that. I can talk into this and that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) So Jeff came straight from the show today. So we're super happy to have him in studio. I appreciate your time, Jeff. Oh, of course. My goodness. If I wasn't here, I'd go home and probably nap anyway. So this is better. And I haven't been in this particular location in a while. You guys made some changes here. Holy cow. Yeah. Upgrade and growing. Yeah, really nice. Thanks to you guys over at The Point, right? Well, and (laughs) all the people in the lobby that are that are listening to the show, then hopefully coming over here. Yeah. The people in the lobby are so excited whenever Jeff walks in because <laughs> most of them are there because he talked about us on the radio and then to see him in the flesh, they're like, holy cow, there's Jeff Burton. <laughs> I, I walked in and because I don't have the beard anymore, a couple of people didn't recognize me right away. But as soon as I started talking, yeah, a customer that was ordering some supplements of some sort turned around and goes, are you the guy on the radio? I listen every day. So that was pretty cool. So <laughs> yeah. thanks for the ego stroke. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a local celebrity influencer. I mean, you really do have, a, your show has a lot of influence it's uh yeah it's pretty scary it really is i saw um you know i don't want to talk ratings but i saw them the other day and every single time you go this is crazy that this many people listening it feels very there's a lot of responsibility to it for sure well i do want to talk ratings because i'm kind of curious i know you're in the largest or wait top 25 largest radio markets in the mm-hmm. country, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, St. Louis is a big market. It definitely, yeah. It's, it, uh, I think it is twenty twenty five something like that. I know it changes a little bit here and there, but yeah, it's it's no New York, it's no L A, but it's pretty darn, it's pretty big. Yeah, and you have the largest radio show in St. Louis. Don't yeah, you? one of the things that I'm very proud about, and we're not NPR, and we're not you know, straight news and always serious and everything. We love to have fun, as you know. But when I see the amount of women that listen, it really warms my heart uh, and i don't mean to be cheesy about that but it's really nice that our message also hits females too i think it's great yeah really you, do. you really do have a wide variety of listeners mm-hmm. i mean we see everything from the doctor lawyer female full sleeve tattoo guy yeah. i mean they they all have the risotto show written on the oh, intake that's, form that's fantastic <laughs> thank you to anybody who has mentioned us when you come over here and and, and congratulations to you for taking your body to the correct place because you guys are amazing just fantastic at what you guys do 
So I want to talk a little bit about what your day looks like doing a morning show. I was texting you today. What mm. time do you want to come over and do this? And you responded, well, I woke up at 2.30 this morning, <laughs> so it'd be best if I just headed right there. Yeah. So, I mean, 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. Every single day. Every for, single day. For how Monday, many years? Monday through Friday, I've been doing radio since 1986. Uh, I've been on the Riz Show for, I believe, we are weeks away from completing our eighth year together which is pretty crazy especially for a morning show five guys getting along for that long (laughs) (laughs) and not that we always always get along but you know how it is so yeah i used to get up about 2 2 15 and then i even myself i was like this is crazy but i still literally turn the lights on in the building every morning get up about 2 30 i try to be out the door but about 15 minutes later because i'm a guy it's easy to do yeah i literally lay my clothes out I get up and put my clothes on and, and I try to be out out, of, out the door 15 minutes after I get up and do my best not to wake up the rest of the house, get to where I try to be at work by three o'clock and then just start hammering out, you know, just typing stuff and writing things for the show. We always say the sh- doing the show is the easiest part. It's the prep beforehand. Absolutely. You know? I, I can appreciate that <laughs> now that I'm seven podcasts in. If I had to do a show every single day, I'm not sure I would sleep at night. Yes, you would love it eventually. Because then you said you went to kind of, this is early in your life, right? And went to school yeah, for it? Yeah, I, I did go to school for broadcasting, but ultimately obviously made a change. Yeah. But I just cannot believe how much work content Yes. So you're doing, because that was one of the things I was curious about. Are you doing most of your content? Are all the guys are participating in in the content? Most everybody has a job to do. Like I do the celebrity news and we call it crap on celebrities, which is very ironic, at least at the very beginning, because I'm the guy who watches movies the very least. I barely watch any TV at all because as you know me, I'm always outside. I'm always just moving and it's tough for me to sit still to watch stuff, but I'm the guy who does the entertainment news, and it makes sense because if I tell the story, the other guys can start talking about it, yeah. and I can just sit over here and go, I don't know who Boba Fett is, but apparently <laughs> he or she is very popular, so we'll talk about that kind of stuff, and then we all do, but mostly Tony and I put the contest together, mostly Tony, but I help out with that. Tony puts together the sports and all the games every day and does uh, any of the audio production, that sort of thing, so... Tony gets there about four o'clock and we just, it's funny because there's three of us in an office and we're just, all you hear is typing. We'd barely talk the entire morning before six o'clock. So it's, it's, um, it's pretty intense. But as I said in my text, I couldn't get up at two 30 if I didn't love my job. There is still five minutes of bawling my eyes out going, <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's only two 30. I tell you the biggest challenge as far as the time coming in is the winter stuff that we just had. Because normally the streets aren't cleaned by then, or they're oh, cleaning yeah. them when you're going in at that time of the day. There's been a couple times where I've had to stay at a hotel down the street from the radio station just to make sure I'm there. So you don't get a snow day? Right. No, no. <laughs> Information cannot be stopped. Remember, we're essential workers back then. <laughs> radio is essential workers. Which, so are you which the first one there in yeah. the morning? Yeah, uh, I'm the first one there, and then uh, and then everybody kind of starts trickling in after that, and we're just ready to go by 6 o'clock. Who's the last one that shows up every day? That would be either King Scott or Moon. Uh, there are five, 5.15, something like that. They they roll in. They, there's not a whole lot of prep for them before the show. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's really the three of us uh, putting the show together. King Scott's busy doing his hair. He, oh, my goodness. Moon could be, too. He looks like he kind of yeah. likes his locks. 
Yeah, but he, he's been wearing uh, a lot of hats lately. But King Scott cannot wear a hat with that hair. Holy cow. <laughs> he post, Scott posted a picture of himself yesterday, I think, on social on uh, Instagram of short hair. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, did you see that? But then the, like the, the chin hair. Yeah. He's a good looking I dude. I mean, how man. long did it take him to get hair that long? I, it's been that long since I've known him. And I've known him going on nine years. So It's hard for a female to get their hair that long. So he must like really maintain it or have yeah. good nutrition I, or something. What does he do? Is some sort of oil uh, or coconut oil or something he puts in it to kind of keep it that way, if that makes sense. But he, I mean, he must have a great relationship with his wife because there'd be some fighting over that hair for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't wait till they have babies to see what the yeah what kind of hair their baby has. Yeah, <laughs> the long. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about that because his Scott's sister. I met his sister. She lives in the Springfield area, and her hair is exactly the same as oh, Scott's. It is? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Your show kind of hits a wide variety of topics: culture. I don't really hear many politics, sports, yeah. local stuff. You kind of do a lot of funny games. Yeah, 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 we do. We try to, I tell you, first of all, I will address the politics thing. I think it's pretty smart the way we do it. Because if you come out and say you're on this side of the aisle, then the other side of the aisle, listeners-wise, is going to go away or at least judge you, blah, blah, blah. And the same thing on the other side of the aisle. So we pretty much just go right down the middle. And honestly, once we really got into the pandemic, we didn't really talk about it a whole lot because this is the way we look at it. If I sit here and go, I'm anti-mask, I'm anti-this, I'm anti-that, well, then a certain amount of people are going to hate me or a certain amount of people are going to love me. Yeah. We are also those people that are not going to say either do this or don't do this a year and a half into this thing because a year and a half into this thing, you've already decided what you're going to do. And right. Jeff on the radio yelling is not going to change your mind. Right. And it just divides people. And how fun is it? to talk about that stuff and everybody's talking about that stuff. So you tune into us and we'll have food news. We'll talk about what's coming on and off the Taco Bell menu and joke about that. You know, we just try to entertain. Do we inform? Absolutely. We've have awards from uh, news, our news segment during the Ferguson riots, that sort of thing. But we just try to have fun and you can come here and not hear about all the other crap. That's what we try to do. Do you ever feel like, you have to be worried about cancel culture. Oh, yeah. Every single time you open your mouth, because I've been doing this since 1986. And if I mispronounce a word, it could be over. You know what I mean? Look at Kevin Steincross on Channel 2. Remember when that happened? Yeah. He misspoke on Martin Luther King yeah, Day. I... Who's seen him since? Yeah. And he was on that show for a million years. And how do you feel about that cancel culture? Because I think there's a difference. Because I think... I don't like cancel culture, but there are some things in our culture that need to be canceled, if that makes sense. It's a great way of... (laughs) So repeat offenders, I think, is different than this one misstep that somebody makes and they want to crucify their career Absolutely. I think what you're trying to say is case-by-case basis, right? Right. Like, there's a great example on my crap on celebrities today. Uh, I did the story about the country singer uh, Morgan Wallen. Yes. I don't know if you know the name or not. We don't play country music, but we still talk about country stuff because we have so many people that listen to just the show and then they bounce and they don't turn the point on again until tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Yes. This guy was in the news. If you don't know, country singer got completely hammered one night, was caught on a like a ring camera saying the special N word uh, when he was drunk hammered drunk he apologized he was suspended by his label he was dropped from the country music awards he was uh, knocked off of snl for covid protocol stuff he went to rehab and just last night he was named the country artist of the year who else you know what i mean shouldn't we have should we have canceled him right it was an incident 
Right. He apologized. He went to rehab. He came right back and said, that wasn't me. This is me. And now he's glorified again. Yes. It has to be a case by case thing. Well, I think the race is a super touchy subject. For sure. Right. And that's kind of where people want to go to cancel people. Joe Mm -hmm. Rogan was another good example of that. He was reading song lyrics or singing songs where they use the the n-word in the song yeah and somebody pieced that all together and is coming for him you know wanting him to be canceled off of spotify that and i feel like the some of the female stuff are like the two really hot topics where somebody wants to come for you and cancel somebody and i don't think it's always i think the only mistake joe rogan made i think and it was a huge mistake was not realizing that even in lyrics he shouldn't have said it not because it's a moral or an immoral thing, but he's going to get hammered for it. And right. you can't just sit back and go, oh, I was reading a lyric. That doesn't matter. You shouldn't do it because you are going. You could get in trouble and get yourself canceled for that. Yeah. And, it's, and the whole music thing is perplexing to me. I remember watching Oprah, however long ago that was on air, 20 years ago at this point. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm aging myself. And she had an interview with Jay-Z, and she was talking to him about using that language in his songs and, and really encouraging him, like, to stop doing it right Mm -hmm. because it's offensive so i and he gave his reasoning i can't even remember really his reasoning on why he wanted to continue to use that word in music but it's hard to i think understand as a white person why if they're using the word and singing it that it's completely off limits for you to ever sing the full lyrics and song that they they wrote because you're not looking at it as being offensive because you're a fan of their no you're just repeating their lyrics because you love it yeah Yeah. there's been i've man there was an actress not too long ago and it was on tiktok or instagram or something that was doing that exact thing and she was she may have even been lip syncing i think it was like the bachelor wasn't it because then because then chris hair Come on, you're the celebrity guy. Yeah, but again, I don't watch TV. I just report on it. <laughs> but yeah, they were I know like what you're talking about. And, and they got in trouble just for yes. going down the lyrics of the song. And again, I'll say just like the Joe Rogan thing, her only mistake was not realizing the repercussions. Right. There's freedom of speech, but you're not freedom. There's no freedom from repercussions of, especially when there's people sitting on Twitter going, let's see, I haven't been upset on about anything yet today. Let me scroll through Twitter and see what I can be upset about. Yes. There's everybody, so everybody many of those in. people. Where are those oh. people hiding? Like they're like hiding in the no. basement looking for it. Like where do they come from? Because when there's like a cancel movement, it's like they just all. And come I don't out. know if they're just the noisiest people in the room yeah. or if there's really a lot of them. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they should, maybe they have they have more than one account or something, and they're just doing yeah. this. But it just it upsets me. And and to get back to your original question, are we concerned about it? We've had a handful of people try to say. You guys said this about the I'll, really good example going on the mask thing, if you don't mind still yeah. talking about that. It was a singer who died recently, and he was anti-vax and anti-mask. And then he got sick with COVID, and he wrote a book. And in the book, he said that he was one of those, quote, knuckleheads that was against the vaccine. And I said in his book, he says, and I quote, and all somebody heard was me calling anti-vax people knuckleheads. And he emailed in and he was like, I'm tired of you telling me this. And first of all, tired of me telling you, we don't talk about that stuff. So he was already wrong. But he said, you called me, I think, a moron or a knucklehead for not wearing a mask. And I was like, hold on a second. Relax. And I showed and I copy and paste and sent him the article. And I said, I was just, you know, just quoting this guy. And he was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. But he was ready to cancel me and everything. Yeah. You know, you just can't. 
You can't do that. Get an explanation first. Morgan Wallen, it was one time, as far as we all know, he apologized. He went to rehab, all that stuff. He's okay. Case yeah. by case basis, like you said. Yeah. And yeah. he was able to recover, obviously. Yeah, he's got a big old trophy at home right now. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Has there ever been anything that you've done on air that you guys have gotten in trouble for that you can remember? <sighs> um, nothing that was really ever our fault because there's a, an amazing thing called the dump button, which is it gives you like 14 seconds if you have two of them. Like if I said a bad word, you would have 14 seconds to dump it out because there's a delay. Right. Right. If we're we're sitting in here and we're on the radio, what people are hearing in their car is seven to 14 seconds later. So if I drop an F-bomb accidentally, we can hit a button. But as far as other things like we have this very adult contest that we do called Real or Fake. And <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't been canceled for oh, that. I yet. Know. Speaking but of. He, and and <laughs> I would I would love to address that because I, I kind of think you're right on it. But we had a lady send in a picture and it had. There was something to where, to where there was a picture of her and it had her company logo on her shirt and it was posted on the internet or on our website. Okay. And she said something about getting fired because of that. You know, so that wasn't our fault because we're not the ones who posted it. But people have tried to cancel us before, but there really isn't the material to. If you look at it from the outside in, it's like, oh, these five guys talking about female body parts and uh, farting and smoking and stuff. But it's not like that at all. But as far as the, there is a contest that we do called Real or Fake, <laughs> female listeners send in cleavage pictures, faceless cleavage pictures. And then we have to guess if they're real or fake. And there's points towards them. And the first person to 21 wins. And the loser has to do a punishment of some sort. And um, yeah, it's weird because being a almost 55-year-old man, being on the radio talking about this kind of stuff but our emphasis is on the punishments yeah and i know that's me trying to skirt the issue <laughs> of how we get to the punishments but what first and foremost listeners female listeners voluntarily send them in and there's a prize connected to them if we say they're real and they're fake or vice versa if you fool us then you get a prize you get a, like a hundred dollar gift card to a store um but we really try to emphasize, other than the day that we actually look at them and say, oh, I think those are real, we, we really emphasize the punishments of it. That's where the value is. I mean, it doesn't us. bother me, and I don't think it's degrading. I mean, if the women want to send it in and participate in it, yeah. and they're proud of them, then and fine all, with it. But, but also, in the same respect, if a female on the uh, just kind of looking at it from the outside, if you just go, yeah, there's these five guys judging boobs, I could see how they would be upset too. But again, kind of look into it first and go, okay, let me see exactly how school, you know, how childish this is. Yeah. And it's not, I know it doesn't, how can you not make it childish? I know that. <laughs> but the punishments are pretty brutal. Like, you know where our location used to be downtown in Union Station. I lost one time, Tony and I lost one time, and we had to walk from there to our office in Creve Corps. I remember that. Of stuff I, I think have, we sponsored part You of probably the walk. did. <laughs> I have two of the show members' initials tattooed on my arm. I have a nipple tattoo on my hip. Because that was one of the punishments. I've had my nipples pierced. I've had my my chest waxed live on the air. And I don't lose every time, but most of the time. What's the punishment going right now? Right now, in the we just uh, announced. Did we announce it? No, we didn't announce it yet. We're announcing it tomorrow. But the one that, that uh, the loser, which is Tony, has to still, still serve, which just ended last week. The four of us, the four non-losers, are going to go to Goodwill or St. Vincent's or whatever and buy 
whatever clothes we want and he has to wear those. <laughs> so we're getting five outfits and he has to wear one each day to work. Oh my so, God. I mean, it could be like a dress or a mini skirt or a tube top or something like oh, that. Oh, Tony in a mini skirt. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen him in less and it's not pretty. None of us would be pretty that oh, way. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've had some pretty gnarly ones. I had to wear for a month, a, a shirt with uh, Tony's picture on it. Just various uh, ages of things. Yeah, so that's that's what we try to concentrate yeah. on. Um, but other than that, I mean, we like to play really fun games to give away uh, prizes. There's a, I mean, I could describe the games, but they're they're just fun. which which I actually have some games for us today because right. I thought that we should. It's not real know. or fake, right? No, it's not. Okay. I thought about that. I'm like, but but like with penises, I was right. like, oh, maybe we I'm could in. do like penis implant or real implant. But then I didn't know how the listeners would. Could you would... just use part of it and, and do cut or uncut? I guess you couldn't do that, could you? So, but then I was like, oh, they're not going to be able to um, to see it. So the game that I have is guess the medical word or medical slang oh word. Okay. So okay. I'm going to say the word and you're going to tell me what it is. Okay. Okay. All right. Priaprism. 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 Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> Priaprism. I have. Uh, I couldn't even hazard a guess. I'm going to guess it's somewhere in this area down here, though. Is that correct? Yes. It's okay. a prolonged erection of the penis. Oh, okay. So something everybody's had. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> those used to come right in the middle of school in eighth grade. I think, oh if I remember God. correctly. <laughs> so if if you watch a Viagra commercial, they would say if you have an erection that lasts longer than four hours, please uh, call your doctor. That would be an example of. Priaprism. Got it. All yes. Right. Good to know. Okay. So, dufala. Dufala. Let's see. Well, I know it's not a Duflia. prolonged erection. Duflia. Duflia. It's spelled, it's spelled funny. D-I-P-H-A-L-L-I-A. Duflia. That's, the spelling certainly isn't helping. Um, I'm going to guess, once again, it's something in this area. <laughs> <laughs> it's a double penis. What? Yeah. I still haven't figured out how to use the one I have. <laughs> this is, I'm assuming, something that's fairly rare. <laughs> Very rare. Oh, my gosh. Okay. A gooch. A gooch. The gooch. The gooch. Maybe I should say the gooch, not the a gooch. gooch. Can I get a hint? Mm. Now I'm putting you on the spot. Well, the g- could also be referred to maybe as the taint. Okay. All right. I know. <laughs> It's not there. It's not there. It's right there. Yeah. The distance between the anus and the penis. Okay. Are they dis- different the, distances? The, the, the gooch. The gooch. No, it's just the measurement. Okay. So it's not so, an actual measurement. Gotcha. Right. Okay. This is another one that's spelled really- It's not important or else men would have already measured it. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Oh my gosh. No, but I did. It has an interesting, the measurement does have to do with with a hormone level i can't remember the specifics but there's a doctor shana swan that actually uses that measurement in some of her studies really that does correlate with something i just can't remember what it is off the top of my head okay so here's the other word it's spelled funky again p-o-l-y-o-c-h-i-d-i-s-m polyarchidusm polyarchidusm i think i saw them at Lollapalooza. a man with three testes Nope. Three <laughs> testes. Again, I'm assuming this isn't really... And whenever I looked this up, I also found out that there was a man with a 160-pound scrotum. Oh, my gosh. How much did Tony's weigh? <laughs> I don't know, but I saw it, and it's probably pretty close to that. 
I mean, 160 pounds. Yeah, I'm, he, uh, he's going to leave three tracks in the sand, that's for sure. I feel like the uh, gooch, you might be able to use that yeah. word oh, on air. Yeah, I would like that entire list before I yeah, leave. Yeah, so I, I feel like next time I tune into the Riz show, gooch. I'm expecting you to use that in a sense. If I call somebody a gooch, you'll know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I kind of like that. I think that's good. I, think I'm gonna try I mean, that's to, better than a douchebag. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get it going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... As we mentioned, that you're on the largest radio show in St. Louis, and you have a major influence in this market. So I think it would be fun for you to kind of tell people a little bit about your personal life and things around town that you do. Okay. okay. So right. where do you get your haircut? It's really funny because first, my first answer would always be this guy. His name is Sam, and he's fantastic, which means I go to Fantastic <laughs> Sam in Eureka. I normally would go there, but and I know we'll get there, but uh, since my hair grew back, it's very fine, and it's a lot different in shape and texture and all that stuff. So I have gone, I've only gotten two haircuts really? since I was diagnosed, yeah. But I went to a lady in, I think it's the Webster Groves area, who, I don't want to say specializes, but has handled uh, chemo patients in the past. So Fantastic Sam, that's like a walk-in place, like yeah, supercuts? Yeah. yeah, that's just a chain, yeah. So you're not particular? I, I figured you might be particular since you had a big beard and the stuff. The beard I was very particular with, for sure. I went to a person who did beards for okay. that. Yeah, but so somebody hair... would somebody would groom the beard for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was a place so, out in Lake St. Louis that I used to go to. I don't think it's there anymore, but I used okay. to go out there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It looks like your beard's trying to come back it's a little trying, bit. It's trying, man. This is literally, so my anniversary of being diagnosed was was March 1st. And I started the chemo a week and a half or so later, and they told me 14 to 15 days after I started, my hair will fall out. And like clockwork, it did. And this is the product here and above my lip. I have not touched since then. The chin, yeah. the chin I've cut back a few times because it gets further i want to try to keep it all the yeah. same length but i mean i'm still on medicine that is prohibiting it so was that hard for you because your beard you are kind yeah. of known for your beard yeah i uh I'd, i had had my beard for previous to then at least 10 years and it was the first time that i was ever comfortable with the way i looked like i always had really short hair because i have a fro if i let it go or i did have a fro now it's pretty straight and i always kept it short when i was a little kid i um uh, I would have my mom or my mom's friend blow dry my hair and pull it straight because I hated the curls. Yeah. And then right before I was, well, not right before, probably 10 years before I was diagnosed, I finally came to to be comfortable with a big old beard and a big old fro and just be mountain guy. And, yeah. And then it all came out. So, yeah, I was very, very, uh, it was a bum. It was a bummer. It really was. The funny thing is, and it happened here, when people don't see me for a long time and then they see me, they don't recognize me, A, and then two, I've had people go, oh my gosh, you shaved your beard off. <laughs> and then there's that uncomfortable, yeah. no, oh, yeah. how come, man, I loved your beard. And I say that, and then it's it's really funny, maybe in your business, you've noticed this too, or you've seen this. When I say, well, chemo and cancer, they get so uncomfortable that they start telling me everybody they know that has cancer. Yeah. Oh, really? My <laughs> uncle has uh, cancer, you know? And yeah, then, they're trying to make up for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's okay. You didn't know. It's all yeah. right. It's all right. So, But yeah. your eyebrows are back. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. They, they used to be really, really uh, bushy, but probably over the last two, three weeks, they've really, yeah. I don't want to say popped, but there's color. <laughs> there's color again. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. I didn't ever expect you to hear you say that your eyebrows are popping. They look very arched, very maintained. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) Women pay money for that. That's true. That is true. And my, right now you can't tell this, but my uh, toenails are purple right now too. Oh wait, I actually saw that on your Instagram. You were in a sauna yesterday or something. One of those infrared saunas. Yeah. Probably three days before that I was, you celebrate because I had to cut my nails. Because, as you know, fast-growing yeah. cells stop working. That's what they kill. So, like nails, I've cut my nails twice since chemo. And I'm that guy that has fingernail clippers in my car. Yeah. <laughs> and I've only had to cut them twice. So, a couple of days ago, I actually had to cut my toenails. And I was, like, celebrating it. And now this is gross, and I'm sorry, but it, chemo nails are a thing, especially yeah. on your feet. They just turn black. They turn brown. A lot of times they fall off. Mine never did. But my two, two big toenails are as brown as these chairs and i'm like oh my god summer's coming up what am i gonna do <laughs> and so i just painted them purple well they look said, better than it. mine right now thank you very much <laughs> thank you my, i did it, it myself too. <laughs> it's on my to-do list i was like oh i just got purple toenails <laughs> in the sauna um so your favorite st louis restaurant or maybe there's a casual restaurant or like a date night restaurant yeah. um boy i tell you what I really love to grill and I really love to cook. So we don't go out. Tony LaRusse is calling. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. No. <laughs> He's got at least one more World Series than me. So, boy, we really don't go out a whole lot. But I hope you're familiar with, uh, gosh, now I can't. Oh, Pino. Are you familiar with Pino? No. It's like soul Italian food. It's off. I think it's in the Clayton area. We've been there a handful of times. I think especially the way you live your life, like you do like things it. right. And I think you guys would really dig it. Uh, Pepe is the owner there, and it's just amazing, amazing food. And it's one of those restaurants where the owner walks around with a towel over his shoulder, yeah. going to the tables, yeah, and I you like may it. see something on your table you didn't order, that's from Pepe, you know, that kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. So when we like to treat, you know, we can't do it very often because uh, I'm in radio, a good choice not staying in radio. <laughs> Um, but when we do uh, 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 Pinot, is is sole Italian food. It's so good. And if you're just going to eat some more casual, like a quick Monday night, or do you guys cook a lot at home? Yeah, no, we cook every single night at home, really, honestly. We really do. Who we cooks? Just you or to. your wife? We both do. I'm a big oh, griller. Oh, that's nice. Like, I grill every single day, just about, like, 365. I've got a smoker now, all that stuff. But she's a wizard in the kitchen. I do the grilling, that sort of thing. So between the two of us, we're, we normally would just rather put some music on, light some candles, some yeah. sage, and cook. Do you so, drink wine or whiskey or water? I, I do mostly uh, gin martinis. Okay. Because I just have been drinking it for a million years. And it's uh, two, shot, two full shots of gin, a full shot of dry vermouth, and on the rocks, in a rocks glass, and ice and or, um, olives and olive juice. It's fantastic. I love it. My father-in-law, who's the one who got me drinking it, he used to drink one or two of them. Then he would pour his natty natty light over the top of the ice and the olives and everything. Oh, my gosh. I I didn't (laughs) hook onto that at all. (laughs) But either that or a little Jameson or something like that. Okay. Some sane whiskey. Yeah, I agree. It's nice staying at home, barbecuing, and drinking some wine in my case. And we've got this. The whole reason why we bought this house is we have this huge deck on the back that runs from one side to the other. So... We just sit out there. Yeah. And just we stare into woods because there's no houses behind us. So we stare into woods and listen to uh, music and sit at home and, and, yeah. and eat. I know it sounds really boring, but yeah. 
That's what we like to know. No, it sounds great, actually. (laughs) Okay, so if you had to choose between a baseball game, a soccer game, a hockey game, or a concert, what are you picking? Man, that was easy until you said concert. Tough question to answer because it would depend on who the concert is, but 99.9% of the time it would be the blues. The blues. Yeah. And it would probably be the blues either way, even depending on who the concert was, obviously. But I've been to a gazillion concerts in my life. More so over up until the last couple of years, obviously. But I grew up playing hockey. I've had a, a press pass for the Blues since 94, 95, something like that. So uh, I'm a huge fan, and I have friends that used to play for the Blues that are still friends of mine today. So uh, I'm just a big fan of hockey and, you do and a, those people, too. You do a show, too, don't you? Like yeah, a hockey. Me and, me and Donnie and former Blue Jamie Rivers, okay, who's yeah. on 101 ESPN, yeah. we do one a week. And it's actually the official blues uh, podcast, now, oh, which that's is kind awesome. of exciting. Yeah. yeah, it's neat because Donnie and I are big fans. Jamie used to play pro in, in the NHL, so we're at, we just ask him questions, kind of from a fan's perspective. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's fun. Do you get to go to a lot of games? Yeah, I mean, I have a press pass, so I can go whenever I want. But getting up at two thirty in the morning, yeah, that's it's, brutal. It's tough. Because what used time do you go it, to bed? When I can, like nine o'clock. That's still late, though. That's when I'm getting in bed. It is late, but if I was not here doing this amazing podcast, I'd be at home napping right now. So when people go, oh, my gosh, you get up at 2.30, you go to bed at 9 or whatever, I do nap. Okay. So I'll get an extra hour and a half, two hours in the afternoon. So Do you nap on the couch or do you go to into your oh, bedroom? Or full sound- on bed, man. Full bed, on bed, sound yeah. machine. Get Eloise up. up there, my dog up there with me, and uh, we both nap for about an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and, he's mad that you're not home right now. Uh, <laughs> Where's oh, my dad? Dog? Yeah, yeah. She, oh, uh, she, she, yeah, yeah. She's going, where the hell is it? She's probably sitting at the bottom <laughs> of the stairs going, let's go. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for my nap. For sure. Okay. So if it's hockey, then who's your all time favorite hockey player? Ooh, well, I have to say Jamie Rivers now, right? Because I <laughs> said he's my friend. I tell you what, really honestly, I loved watching Jamie play. And that's one of the reasons why he and I became friends because he, Coming up through the minors, and he's from Ottawa, and all of those leagues, he was always like this big-time goal scorer. But then when you get to the NHL, the greatest level of hockey in the world, you do what you need to do to stay relevant. So he became a defenseman and what's called a stay-at-home defenseman, which means he's not a goal scorer. So that's one of the things I really admired about him. Also, one of the things I really admired about him is that he and I used to go out, not just he and I, but his friends and my friends and he and I sometimes and like Jimmy Campbell, former blue, we would go out and just go to Mississippi nights and, or go out to eat and just get hammered, <laughs> hammered and have a great time. But never once did you hear about Jamie Rivers getting a DUI or DWI because he always had a driver. And this is way before Uber. This yeah. is way before, hey, it's cool Took to have a driver. To... He had a driver who he always used. To this day, if he was sitting here, he could tell you the guy's name and all that stuff. So I really, really respected that about him, too. But he's also a super nice guy. Yeah. NHL players, and this is no shot at, uh, at Tony La because I've never met the man, and I don't know a whole lot of baseball players, but the NHL players are such down-to-earth dudes. It's crazy. Yeah. Because they have to be. Because especially back in the day, not so much anymore, especially in St. Louis, but let's say when when I was growing up, if you were considered a good enough hockey player to where you could go to college or maybe the minors or maybe even the NHL, what's the first thing your parents did? They shipped you off to some host family in New York or a host family in Canada. And if you were a jerk to them, that you'd get kicked out and it's all over. Yeah. They learn very early to be very cordial and nice and down to earth. Yeah, I think you do 
see that in the hockey players and you can feel that and Mm -hmm. and just see their behavior and how they treat other people they they all seem like very solid good manly yeah and 90 percent of them if they didn't make it in the nhl they'd be in calgary working on a farm or something yeah so they appreciate it yeah Yeah. we talked about the that you like to cook at home but i Mm -hmm. didn't ask you where do you do your grocery shopping at it's tough because we go to three different places and we have to drive all over all over town because <laughs> well, I, uh, what are they? <laughs> we, uh, we always uh, we start at Aldi. Okay, to like get your produce. Yeah, and stuff. Pro- and produce is good at all. It's it's good, and we we first started going there for the prices because again, being in radio, but there are certain things there that we specifically like that are just at Aldi, and produce is definitely one of them. Uh, but then we'll go to Schnucks. Uh, and then we'll go to a Walmart in Eureka. So because Eureka won't allow an Aldi, we have to go to Fenton and then okay. come back and do. So a Sunday, by the time we get done grocery shopping, it's probably almost one o'clock and we leave really early. Oh, my gosh. That's just, what, we have a farm down in, down here in southern Illinois and there's an Aldi and Walmart in town. And I'll tell my husband, I'll be like, I'm going to Aldi. He's like, oh, pick up a pack of Diet Coke. I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> like, you don't just, you're not going to be able to tell me what I can pick up from Aldi. Right. Like, it all depends on what's there. Right, yeah. Sometimes they have stuff, sometimes they don't. Like, you're not going to make a grocery list there's going to Aldi. Gar- there's a garlic salsa that I had there probably three years ago that I fell in love with and it was there three weeks in a row and I haven't seen it since. <laughs> you're correct. Another one is their pasta or their um, pasta salad. They have a box pasta salad that we love, and then we have friends whose daughter really loves it, and it's only there seasonally, I think. It's like, come on, man. It's a tease. Yeah. And and some of the cheeses Mm -hmm. that they have, too. Yeah, it's like a drug dealer. It's like, here's a couple of them. (laughs) I know. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I know they're part of Trader Joe's, right? They're owned by the same. I believe so, so, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you can sneak over to Trader Joe's, and it's packaged different and stuff, but I agree. Aldi is Man, every employee at Trader Joe's is so cool, too. And they know how to package groceries. Yeah, that's true, too. I agree. Why are they the only ones that know how to package groceries and paper bags? Like, <laughs> yeah, paper bags with nice, hefty handles. handles on them. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And then they're great going right in the fireplace, too. Those those uh, brown yeah. paper bags are great in the fireplace. I mean, you know, Schnucks, a local company, but man, I'm like... It, it drives me crazy. There's no paper handles on the paper yeah, bag. I'm not a fan of the plastic, the plastic yeah, bags. I still I, go should... to Schnooks because I love them. Don't get me wrong, but I bring my own bags when I go to Schnooks. Yeah, like let's try to get rid of the plastic. I talked about that in a few podcasts. How it, how plastic just destroys hormones, and it's like let's get rid of that. If yeah. we don't need it, let's switch to paper. Absolutely. And every time I tell the Trader Joe's and the Whole Foods people that. They're the only people that know how to pack groceries. Which, speaking of packing groceries, let's talk about how Aldi packs a cart. Oh, my god! What is the deal with that? It stresses me out just getting up there. I'm like, are they mad at me? Like, what's happening? <laughs> this is what I love about Aldi, though, is how you can have $200 worth of groceries at Aldi and 200 at Walmart, and you could be in your car cooking those groceries <laughs> at home, and you're still in line at Walmart. Yeah. Have you ever okay, noticed okay, that? Yeah, how fast yeah. they go beep, 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 beep. I know. So it's maybe I shouldn't bar- be mad about well, it. Well, it's the bar. They have a barcode around the entire package everything that they carry there has to have the barcode around the package i I never noticed that yeah next time maybe it's not every single one but you know how there's a little barcode like this it's like all it's a one long barcode all the way around the package so they can just boop 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 like that yeah that's a great idea yeah it's very efficient and the fact that they have the quarter for the carts does your that's amazing too yeah i mean that makes sense right that's an employee that's out there collecting those things why not why wouldn't everybody just have the 
quarter for the cart. Yeah, thing. and that's a, at the at the other stores. That's just a kid that's going out there to smoke a cigarette real quick. Yeah, you know, they don't care. Yeah, they're like, I'll do it. I'm going. Yeah. I need a vape. <laughs> and the and the cool, you know, the community thing of here you go, take the cart, or here's a quarter. Oh no, keep it. You know, that yeah. sort of thing is kind of fun too. I'm like, this is like really kind of smart. I don't know why yeah. more people haven't caught on to that. Yep. So when you are cooking, what's your favorite meal? Oh man. Like what's your go-to or what's like your signature? You know, it's always like, like what are your kids going to remember at home cooking? Like what's the meal going to be? Probably either steak or burgers. Um, I've really upped my chicken wing game recently. Like up until about two, three weeks ago, i really was very proud of my wings, but they weren't great. They were okay. They were like, you can go to a restaurant and get some that are much better. But then I, there was like two steps in making uh, chicken wings that I had just realized. It was like, Psh, or I read about it. So now I'm going to say my chicken wings. And if you ever make chicken wings from frozen to putting it on the plate and it's, and it's fully cooked and served, there's a point where you need to dab them dry. Like when they come out from frozen and you thaw them so you can put them in a smoker. Yeah. You can put them in your oven or whatever on the grill. Take a paper towel and get the moisture off of them, and it makes them so much more crispy once they're done. I had no idea. Just Maybe simple, you already knew that. Just a simple step. Yeah, in it, night and day. I don't. I've never made chicken wings at home. It's ever. fun because you can if you just go online and you can just make it your own. You know, whatever yeah. rub that you make out of the stuff you have in your cabinet. That's what I like to do is just go in the cabinet and go. Okay, what do I got? Yeah, let's so make like with the, whatever we got. Yeah, yeah fun. being creative. Yeah. You were diagnosed with prostate cancer, as we talked about, I guess about two years ago. Is it right? Or, no, it was ex- one year you won- ago. Exactly one year ago. March 1st. So what is today? Yeah. March 8th? Yeah. yeah. I want to talk a little bit about that journey because you've mentioned it on the show in the morning, but I don't think, I haven't heard you really kind of deep dive into what's going on in your life now since the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So let's talk through that. You were a patient at Victory. Yes. And we happen to have found it Mm -hmm. you came back with an elevated psa we ran additional testing on you yours came back really high you end up going to see uh, dr salim watma urologist in town and then kind of take it from there yeah so so really the where the journey started for me was when the first time you guys called and said hey your psa uh is elevated and and we were all confused as to why because it was fantastic until it was the exact until opposite. it wasn't yeah. yes it, 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 yours really did it was like right there normal 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 and then a drastic jump yeah yeah and the subsequent tests it just kept going up even more so first of all thankfully you guys called me early and said hey we need to figure this out which we thought it was a lab error at first because it was so just out of the blue right yeah i and i was literally i talked about being active just briefly but i was literally running in the woods and i stopped to, to pick up the phone to talk and uh we were both confused, uh, and, and I said, well, this can't be right. So we did more testing, obviously, and make sure it wasn't a lab error. But also you guys asked questions like, have you ridden a bicycle recently? Sexual stuff as well. Because yeah. you know, I had no idea either one of those things could cause something like that. So right away, as soon as we found out, you guys were right into action, and you gave me a whole – and I'm not trying to do an ad for you guys, but just – telling you the journey it was here's a whole bunch of doctors that you need to go see and we'll get through them with you and we'll call and set stuff up and and that was really helpful because the when you're first told that it's hard to even say the word it really is and i and i i'm sorry i'm gonna get emotional but partly it's because of the medicine i'm on yeah <laughs> you know the the yeah uh the they medicine. have you on estrogen 
No, they have not. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I said something about it. I think I should get my vagina in the mail soon. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, very, very emotional. I don't mean that as a shot to females, sorry. But uh, the first time that the nurse from Hawatma's office called me, I was at work. And uh, she said to, you know, step, step outside. And she told me, she said, you know, I hate to tell you this way, but yeah, you have prostate cancer. And that's when you go, am I sad about I'm going to die? I mean, I've lived 54 years and, and that's cool. The tough part is telling your family. Yeah. That's the hard thing. And you don't want to tell them until you know how severe it is. Because especially with a teenager, it's dad's got cancer. Okay, well, when's he going to die? You know? And yeah. They said right away, people don't die from prostate cancer, you know, that sort of thing. So it was a very confusing time. It's like, do I tell just my family? Do I tell everybody? Am I going to die in six months? It's very, very startling. That's the best way to put it. So did you hold on to that information for a while before you told your family? <sighs> yeah, I did. I, uh, when you guys first started telling me about the elevated levels, I didn't say anything to them because of the possibility that that's not what it yeah. was. And then uh, once I started going to Hawatma and they were saying, we got to do this test and it looks bad, but we're going to do this test to make sure I kept it from them. And I felt horrible, but I didn't want to drop a bombshell to have to come back and go, oh, no, no, never mind. I wanted to make sure until I knew for sure. So that was the toughest part. And we had a kid that was out of town at the time. Um, so I didn't want to call her and tell her. I want to tell her in person for a, a bunch of different reasons. So uh, that's the tough part is telling the kids. Yeah. For sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And then relying on people to tell me what to do next. So you started with radiation? No, I started or, with chemo. chemo. I waited a week. I waited until March 8th to say anything on the air just to gather myself and, and to not start bawling my eyes out. Yeah. I did it in the best way I possibly could. I don't know if you ever saw or heard yeah, how I, I did it. Yeah, I listened to it. You kind of were playful ab about it at first. Yeah. Because Tony was dealing with some of his Tony stuff. Tony had yeah. just gone through uh, liver cancer. So I just said, hey, we're all very competitive. And I was tired of you getting all the attention. So I went and got cancer. <laughs> and that's the best way that I could figure out how to say it, you know. So, yeah, I started uh, chemo after that. And I did uh, six rounds of chemo, I think it was separated by three weeks the posters are correct chemo yeah, sucks brutal. it's it's not fun anything i say from here out please remember that i know people have it a lot worse than me yeah i know that um but it sucks did you did you go into work at all during that yeah chemo? i i can't believe that you were able to i missed two days i did my first chemo on a thursday and that monday tuesday i missed because i didn't I didn't realize how hard it was going to hit you. When yeah. you leave there, you feel fine. Yeah. 24, 48 hours later, your body just starts shutting down. And it's, uh, it's not great. I hate missing work. And, and then I, you would after, so you still came into work and then you would just probably go home and there would be no nap. There'd probably be a sleep all oh, day yeah, situation. Full on sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, one of the greatest things that happened during that time is, you reaching out to me and saying, hey, why don't you come in and get some fluids after your chemo? So when I started doing that, I I didn't miss another day after that. I have not missed another day because of this freaking disease. That's impressive. Since then. Yeah. That's impressive. So you did the chemo treatments and then you went through radiation. radiation yeah. I did the chemo, did the ceremonial shave in the head because it was all yeah. falling out anyway. 
It's very startling. On literally on day fourteen in the shower, you look down and you got to rake the shower. Yeah. Did you shave it at home? Yeah, my kid, my one of my kids did, and it was just my head at first, and I had the beard for probably another week or so, and then when I was trying to wash it or brush it or put oil in it, it was just coming out of my hand. So I was yeah. like, Psh, I just get rid of it, and that's another one of the challenges of this that people don't realize when it changes the way you look. Oh, yeah, it sucks. it's emotional. It sucks, man. Um, back in the day in radio, it would have been okay because nobody sees you, but now i got a freaking camera on yeah. me for four hours a day every day. Yeah, you can't just say for, you have a, a voice for radio anymore. Right. Now you got, yeah, yeah. I got to have the, TV, or the face and the voice. Yeah, so uh, that all happened, you know, and the muscle depletion happens. Um, I gained weight, which I'm happy with. I also have Crohn's disease, and that's been fantastic through this. And I don't know if it chemo helps with that or whatever. I don't know, but I haven't had it. I'm in remission from it anyway, but it hasn't affected it. Let's put it that way. So I did the I did the chemo. Sitting in that room and seeing all those people is just startling. If anybody is having thoughts about donating to a cancer charity, go sit in one of those rooms. It sucks. So after that, I was doing great. I was my PSA went down a little bit. I think the lowest it got was five. And we were up over 100 at one yeah. point. Uh, and it got down to five. And then uh, I started having a really bad hip pain, my right hip. And then uh, so they sent me to do radiation because it had metastasized. And tell right. me if I'm using the wrong terms, no. please. But I did, um, I think it was three of those uh, separated by a week or something to that effect. And um, it's weird because it's just when you're just laying there, it's just light and sound. It's not a liquid going in you yeah. or anything. But the way that affects your body is crazy too. Like the area where they were shooting it, hair all gone there, which has come back a little bit. But that, but it just the way it just drains you is was crazy too. Was one worse than the other? The um, a chemo is probably worse. A chemo is definitely worse. Um, radiation was just oh man, I'm really tired. Yeah. Chemo is you're tired, you can't eat, you can't sleep, you can't drink. It feels like the worst hangover you've ever had in your life times about a thousand. It, well, that's what chemo, at least it was to me. Were you throwing up and stuff? Not much. I don't think I ever really threw up from it. There was nausea big time. I mean, big time. But, you know, I just would rather talk myself through the nausea than take some medicine or do a natural remedy. But just a lot of listening to your body, which I was never really good at before. I always just like to go, 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 go. Yeah. And then there's uh, your body telling you, you know, you just need to lay there and let other people wait on you, which is tough. Yeah. Yeah. So I did the radiation. That turned out mm -hmm. fantastic. I'm running in my first bibbed race this weekend, oh, St. Awesome. Patrick's. Yeah, I'm only going to be able to do a mile and a half, but that's the longest I've been able to run so far. And I used to do 13, 14 miles a day almost. Well, one of the things that you said whenever you first got here today, and you've said it to me several times, is like you've never at any point have felt like you've had cancer. Yeah. I mean, the chemo and radiation has obviously made you feel horrible, but yeah. you've never felt like you have cancer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, and, I, and that's an honest question, too. I'm not being like, oh, I've never felt anything. I don't know. Like, like there's a tumor in my prostate. I'm touching it right now. It doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? Like, I can't even feel that yeah. there's anything there. There's not a lump. There's not discomfort. There's nothing, nothing there. I could ride a horse, like I was saying. So I don't know if that's supposed to hurt or not, but the only thing that's ever hurt is the therapies that I've done. Yeah. I mean, they're so, literally just so toxic to, and poisonous yeah. to your body. Yeah. So 
let's talk about your mindset a little bit on getting through it because you really do have to get your mind right to get through these treatments. Yeah. And feeling sorry for yourself obviously doesn't work and you're not that person and and you're a fighter. So just talk to me about your mindset. My mindset is I use the same kind of mindset that I used when I was running. And that was if I'm doing a six mile run, let's say, after I do three of those miles, if I'm really hurting really bad, I just go, I've already done three. I can do three again. And that's what I did with the chemo. And that's what I did with the radiation and knowing I'm doing my chemo on Thursday and I'm going to be fine Thursday and I'm going to be fine Friday. But Saturday afternoon, that's when I'm going to start powering down (laughs) for lack of a better term. So you just realize that, okay, I got to set myself up for by Saturday, I need to have everything done that I have to do by then. And I'm just going to go in my little cocoon and I'm going to let people take care of me. And I'm going to put fluids in me and eat as much as I possibly can and try to keep it down. And then by Monday, Tuesday, then I can, I can kind of start fending for myself and Wednesday, Thursday, I think I'm okay now. And it's almost like coming back out of a, yeah. you know, a thing. And then you got about a week and a half until the, to the chemo comes again. And then that's that whole cycle. So the best way I can answer that is I use the same mindset as I do with running and that if I've already done this much, I can do it again. Is that it, makes sense. Absolutely. Is it a constant thought for you? Do you feel yeah. like that you feel stressed? Like it's a, it's a, burden that you're carrying yeah, with you every yeah. minute of every day. It's like I said before, it's hard to, to say the words still sometimes. Damn, sorry. The, the alone times is the hardest time. Like in the shower or in the car. That's when it's tough. Yeah. That's when it's tough. No, you can take, take your time. Um, it's such a roller coaster of emotions because... One day I know I'm going to be dead in a year. And the next day I'm like, I know people that have had this for 15 years. Come on, man. Are you just worried about how you look? Come on. Yeah. What are you upset about? People live with this disease. Why are you really Mm -hmm. upset? So it's, it's, it's a roller coaster. It is. But advice would be to surround yourself with positive people, people that love you. Uh, that will take care of you during those particular times. Yeah. Well, I know that your story has helped a lot of people. As we've mentioned several times, you have a large listener base and those listeners have heard your story and therefore have picked up the phone called victory to, to come in and get and get their labs done. And there's been several patients. I can think of a handful of patients that on that initial blood draw have had an elevated PSA and have gone on to find out that they have prostate cancer, but you've saved lives there. And you're right. Nobody should, in today's day and age, nobody should be dying of prostate cancer anymore because you should find it early. But there are those outlier cases, you know, where you find it too late or that it's aggressive, but you have made a major impact on several people by telling your story. The biggest thing that I can tell people, and I've, I've told people at work this, the, the macho dudes that, well, I'm not going to go to doctor and get a finger put in my butt. Go get a blood draw, man. It's right. just a needle in your arm. It's not a finger in your butt. It's yeah, really, a, it, those, you, those drays anymore, they're called a, a dray, a digital rectal exam. And by digit, we mean finger. Right. <laughs> and uh, they might think it's like a thermometer going up there or something. Right, I yeah. have no idea. But really, 
people don't really use that as an initial diagnostic tool anymore. They really do start with the PSA blood test. Yeah, and that's the message that I've been trying to tell people. Just go get a blood draw. It's going to be okay. And don't not do it because you don't want to know the answer. I mean, I'm still living proof that you need to find out. You really do because there are therapies. There are things. And every single day I'm online looking at what the next therapy is. So this money that is going to cancer charities and what it is working as far as research and new therapies and things like that. So to your point, I mean, it's, it's a blood draw and the sooner you know, oh my gosh, the better. The medicine's always evolving and you're right. You can, I heard somebody say not too long ago, cancer is kind of like diabetes or even Crohn's like you just can manage it now and you can live a very very long life with it through just managing it so I think that the advancements in medicine or are great to see because it really is think about how many people that you know that have cancer how many people are getting diagnosed daily with cancer yeah it's it's, and it's funny you say that uh not funny because you're very smart about this stuff but it's ironic that you brought this up because that's one of the first things that Whichever oncologist I saw first, I think it was one of the Huatmas, said was that you you know you have Crohn's disease and it's in remission. That's what we want to do with this. You know we can't get rid of it for you. There's no cure for it yet. And there's no cure for Crohn's either. Yeah. But you put it in remission. You put it asleep and you just leave it there. And from what I understand, with prostate cancer, as long as it doesn't go whoosh, all over your body, you right. can live with it. Right. You know, so you just got to maintain it and keep your eye on every new therapy that comes out. Because ain't nothing going to do anything worse to my body than chemo or radiation. So if you got a therapy for me, stick it in me. I don't care. Right. That's, yeah, that's it, the it, attitude you got to have. And we were talking about that as soon as you got here, that you're looking at other therapies, always just trying to stay ahead of what's new, cutting edge. What are people talking about? Right. I listened to a, a cool podcast with Ben Greenfield the other day, it was like a healing doctor out of Ohio, I think it is. I'll have to send it to you because it is, he's had several books written about him. And I know you obviously believe in energy and spirit. And I, I see For you sure. on Instagram with your sage and yeah. stuff like that. So I think it, it might be a podcast that you're interested in it. listening to or are reading about because I do believe in a lot of a lot of that. And your mindset's so strong, but also challenging with cancer because it's hard to always stay positive or always think about it not being there. I'll try to talk about it again without getting so emotional, but like in the shower, it's really tough because again, you're by yourself or when you're driving to work or home from work or just in the car by yourself or those rare times when you're in your house by yourself and you just sit there and you just, that's where your mind goes immediately. You just go, holy crap, that's right. I have cancer and I'm just, I'm sitting here watching the blues game and I have cancer. You know what I mean? It's just a weird dynamic to, and it's been a year now. And it's just weird to think that there's this thing inside me that could do what it could do to me. And I'm just living my life. It's a very, very strange thing. When you're around people, I've gotten to the point where it's not the topic of conversation anymore, which is fantastic. I saw an old friend not too long ago came by work and uh, he asked me how I was doing and tell me if this sounds familiar. I got a little emotional while I was talking to him (laughs) and I said, Guys my age don't really talk and don't really go, hey, man, how's it going? So I just kind of unloaded on him, just like I unloaded on you on the phone the other day. I just, you need that support system for sure. You got to be super mentally strong, yeah, but you need the support system for sure to be able to talk about it. Have you felt like you've lived your life any differently since finding out? (sighs) 
Yeah, I mean, I did uh, definitely from a diet standpoint, I've changed some things. I've added a lot of things that supposedly can help with inflammation or, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Like I said, anything after chemo radiation, I'll, I'll do whatever. I'm drinking a lot of, not a lot of, but instead of just regular coffee, I'm doing the mushroom coffee now, which yeah. is supposed to be fantastic for you. I eat a lot less red meat. I haven't had a steak uh, since I was diagnosed. Some people say that you shouldn't have red meat. Some people say that's crazy. You know, one doctor said never have red meat again. Another doctor said I would never tell a patient not to have red meat. Do it in moderation. I don't know what your beliefs or your thoughts or what you have read about it, but I went, you know what, steaks, I'm just going to take them off the menu. And I haven't missed them. I've really gotten into Beyond Burgers and the Beyond Meat. Yeah. I don't know if you've tried that or not. No. They're fantastic. And I'm never in a million years going to say, it tastes just like hamburger because it doesn't. <laughs> it tastes like Beyond Meat. Yes. It's, a, it's just it's another its sandwich. Yeah, it's just a different sandwich. That's all. I would never in a million, year, a million years say, replace your hamburger with it. But So yeah, I've changed a, a handful of things. I don't eat a lot of meat, so I just think everything in moderation. Yeah, that's you know, kind not of the way I've extreme gotten. anyway, yeah. which way or the other. Because I do think you know, sometimes your body needs that. But then people will argue, the vegans will argue that you you can get all the, everything you need from yeah. a plant-based diet. But I kind of look at it as just moderation. Yeah, moderation. I do a daily smoothie now that has, you know, all the greens and stuff in along with blueberries and all the, all the fruits that you read are supposed to be good for people like me. You know, yeah. so I do a smoothie every day now too. Yeah. So you mentioned like diet changes. Is there any the way you treat people or talking to people or, or I want to do this. Has there been anything like that, that you were like, I've got to, I want to do that. Or I want oh, to change this about myself. Not really. I've really just, you've always uh, been a nice guy. I mean, <laughs> there was nobody to call so. to apologize to. You've always been our favorite. I, I hope I've Sorry, always been. Sorry, Patrico. Th- I don't know. I didn't mean to insult Patrico or he's things got along the way. No, he's such a jerk. He won't even listen to this. So we can talk about him. Gosh, I don't know. I've always tried to be a super nice person anyway, but I, you know what? Yeah, because I just talked about this on the air the other day. I um, have gotten to where I used to when I get – before I leave work, I go, okay, I've done everything I need to do. Nothing is left to chance. When I come here tomorrow, I can start over. Fresh day, there's nothing left over, You know that sort of thing. But I do that now with myself when I get home maybe before bed or maybe while I'm having a drink before dinner or while I'm cooking or something, I'll just go through my head and think about how I interacted with people and how I treated those people. Like tonight I'll go through my head on, on our conversation. It was a great example of it. The last time we talked, it was during one of those snows and I was at the hotel and I had just pulled into CVS and we were talking on the phone, right? Right. And you asked, how you doing? And I unloaded on you. To the point where I apologized. Do you remember that? But I didn't think you unloaded. I thought it was a normal conversation, but I think you are like, you're apologizing for, you know, getting emotional or talking yeah. about it or needing to release. And I didn't view it at that, like that at all. I thought, well, we had a great conversation. And I didn't think you needed to apologize for anything. And whether I needed to or not, I still to this day think I needed to. But my whole point in bringing that up is when I got home that night or at the hotel that night, I kind of went through things and I was like, here's this amazing person, a very important person in the area and in this industry and you reached out to me to see how I was doing and it just floored me. Uh, so the fact that I just unloaded on you, I was like, 
well, she's never going to call again. <laughs> I <laughs> did, he, and here you are. Yeah. All he did was bitch and moan about himself the entire time, and all I no. said was, how you doing? So so that's the, the one of the biggest changes is I've always tried to be a very cordial person for many, many reasons that I could tell you about that have happened in my life prior to now. But the big change is you never know how many days you got left of quality life. Like if I'm going to die from this in a year and a half, I know the last couple of months are going to be the bad ones. So I want to make sure that when I get home, I treated you right, and I treated this person right, and I treated that person right, up until the point where I can't anymore. Does that make sense? I just want to be as good of a person as I can while I have the time. So the biggest change, I think, since I know my time may be less, I want to make sure that I was a good dude. Well, we think you're a good dude here, and we've always thought you're a good dude. And I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk to me today. Anytime. And we love you at Victory Men's Health, and you've had a major impact on all of our lives. And we're here for you, and we love you. And thanks again for taking the time. I love you, time. too. And, and I know you're trying to wrap it up, but I want to pump you up first and say that you have been there for me from day one, and I'm t- way before cancer. And during the pandemic, really, really rough times, you were one of the people that didn't walk away from an advertiser standpoint. I will never forget that. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. Well, that's it with Jeff Burton today. And I appreciate you tuning in. If you found anything about this podcast, useful, fun, emotional, exciting, please share share with your, (laughs) your friends and family. We appreciate all the support. Well, that's a wrap, folks, with Jeff Burton. You can find Jeff in the morning on 105.7 The Point on The Rizzuto Show. You can also find him on Instagram. It's Jeff Burton 105.7. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please like, share, rate, send it to a friend. Have a great day.